Hello and welcome to episode 15 of 50 Women Over 50, a podcast whose personal confidence is born of experience. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey. My ambition for this podcast is to interview 50 women from all walks of life who are over 50 years of age about what they've learned by their fifth decade so that we can all learn from them. Today, I'm welcoming to the show award-winning newscaster Rita Rich, who is a producer for the Rich Valdez America at Night show on Westwood One, the largest radio network in America. Rita's husband, fellow broadcaster Chuck Rich, was 12 years older than her when they got married in the 1980s. And as she entered her fifth decade, Rita's career took a backseat when she became the primary carer for her aged parents-in-law. A short time after they both passed, Rita also lost the love of her life. Chuck died suddenly, and she found herself on her own for the first time ever. In this interview, Rita describes her grief of becoming a widow, and she tells us how and why she went back to work and shares her hopes for the future of her nation. So tell me about your 50th birthday. My 50th birthday was not really memorable for me. When I turned 50, I was getting into caregiver mode. And that was a few years ago. That was in 2014. And at that time, my mother-in-law was on the verge of passing. And my stepfather-in-law passed a few months before then. And that was very sad. It was very, very sad. And it was a time when I was the only immediate family member that lived in the county in Maryland where my in-laws lived. And I was Rita on the spot because my husband used a wheelchair and he couldn't be Chuck on the spot because it was more difficult for him. So I was my my mother-in-law's driver to various physicians' appointments. And before then, I was my stepfather-in-law's techie. Right. Okay. This man owned a computer company. And when you reach a certain age, you forget a lot of stuff. Oh, I see. And, I see. and I had to help him update his internet and deal with different things. So I was running back and forth. So this was after about 10 years of being in business for myself. Yeah. And it was not fun. You didn't do anything about your birthday. You were just too mired down in responsibility to be bothered even thinking about having a celebration or anything. There was nothing celebratory. My husband was going through a hard time. My birthday is in January. It was probably miserable weather to to celebrate. We might've gone to a diner in suburban DC and and very different than my my 25th or 26th birthday where my husband and I were in Walt Disney World and, you know, having a, a lovely cupcake that the staff brought me in, having all the animated costumers singing happy birthday. This was very different. So yeah, being 50 was was not fun. It had a lot of challenges. I couldn't be there to push, push, push to get more work and clients. What surprised you about life in your 50s? How hard it would be. I think that when you're in the 50s, the stuff that your parents didn't talk to you about or share with you, suddenly you're experiencing on your own and you're wondering why didn't anybody tell me this stuff, financial stuff, people dying. That was hard. I married a man 12 years older than, than myself. And who knew that paraplegics didn't really have that 
you know, good of a lifespan and, and everything that was necessary to take care of him when I was done with my in-laws. Then I had to continue on with my, my guy. You want to have that good life. You know, you want to be able to do what your parents did, but you don't realize how much they sacrificed so that you could go to college or you could have a beautiful wedding. You don't realize all the sacrifice your parents made until you're doing that for somebody else or observing things. So some of the hardest things to realize when you're in your 50s is that, no, you're not in your 40s. You're not in your 30s anymore. Sometimes you could go and crouch on the street in front of a newsmaker and hold up your, your iPhone to get a statement. But try try standing up again. <laughs> try stand- well, there's and that. You, you might need help doing that. The body is not doing what your head says it can do. And and that, that kind of sucks. Um, you know, it's... It, it's a bad rap. And you do have to, you do have to learn how to parcel out time for yourself, which I'm still trying to learn. I'm still trying to learn how to, if I'm working on a campaign, it's my campaign. It's not just yours. If I'm working on a podcast, it's my podcast, not just yours. Yes. I'm so I think exactly the same way. <laughs> that's yeah. So there you go. I, I don't know. What else can I say? One of some of the toughest realizations is that you are 50 until, you know, you can't do stuff that you used to be able to do. And how long ago is it now that you lost Chuck? Five years. Oh my goodness. Has it been five years? Yes. December 8th, 2017. Pretty much before noon on a Friday. And it was heartbreaking, of course, but uh, then you had to learn not only is there this void in what you do every day, but all the plans and dreams you have with another person suddenly, yes. poof, where did they go? So you go into a, a sense of shock and you it takes a while to, you'll always love them, but it takes a while to fall out of love, right. which is one of those stages of mourning that I think people don't get until they're in it and uh, tell me a little bit more about that how are you doing mm, now well I still love the guy I still have I don't have his clothes because he didn't care about his wardrobe so that was the easiest thing to purge but I have his books his DVDs a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays that he got because he was an entertainment reporter I still have his record collection and his collection of CDs nobody taught me that when your spouse dies, suddenly you've got to deal with a lifetime of his paperwork, financial or otherwise. Yeah. I started purging some of his earliest writings because nobody wants them. I, you know, I take photographs and I scan the good stuff, the best of the best, but I have to start thinking, you know, I live in a house that he grew up in. So I've got two generations of memories and stuff and I'm, I'm the last one here. I'm still here because there's no mortgage. I'm okay. Yeah. And that's nice. That's a good feeling. I have, uh, you know, a a relatively new roof over my head because you got to replace those things. I'm still, you know, sinking money into a home, but I like it. I got two dogs. I could run around and chase the mailman, the UPS guy, the Amazon delivery people. I'm okay, but it's, you know, you go through the the waves. 
something is going to trigger something. A joke that you tell yourself that nobody would get if you said it out loud, but he would have. Yeah. You still miss him, of course. Oh, yeah. Have you thought about getting back out there and meeting somebody else? I have. And it's so, it's creepy these days. Everything's online. You don't know what you're getting. It's not like, okay, you'll buy something and then you can return it. How can you return a bad date? You can't do that. Or a creepy guy who just wants you, you know, just to hook up with you. Hooking up is, I miss men. I miss male companionships. But COVID kind of put the kibosh of, hey, let's go to a bowling alley or a bar. And all the good ones are taken or they're married. You know, (laughs) what's a single woman to do? And uh, yeah, so you you just, you have to smile and you, you just make, good friends and and you resume your friendships with people or your girlfriends from when you're a child right Thank god i have them they know me since i was driving them around in a 1973 ford galaxy 500 v8 engine that guzzled gas like you wouldn't believe but it didn't matter as much it was only 79 cents a gallon back then <laughs> So just a second now, I want to, I want to make sure I understand this. So you've rekindled friendships that maybe with women that you hadn't seen since you were a child, since you become. Well, I tell you, it was a few years before my husband died that I, I rekindled those relationships because they reached out to, to me. They live where I grew up about 300 miles away from me. Everybody, you know, grows up has relationships, children, spouses, you know, life happens. But they were always there. You know, these are the people, and we all have them if we're lucky, that you can pick up the phone and gab, and it's like you haven't stopped being in touch. But I found out that they still cared. And after all the water under the bridge, it doesn't matter. Yes. The old arguments, the old disagreements, the old misconceptions, it just doesn't matter. I totally agree with you with that. You know, I've recently, let's say recently, in the last couple of years, I've reconnected with some people that I'd deliberately distanced in, in my past life. And what you're saying is true. The old arguments, I don't have the energy for them. I mean, they were never resolved, but I don't care. Let's just like move past it. We only, we're only on this rock a short time and it takes a lot of energy to stay angry, right? You got to just get over it and move on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And for some of us, when we're sad, we convert that into anger. Oh, yes. And and it's exhausting. It is. Totally exhausting. So that's, that's what's been going on. I don't know. Where do we go from here, Sherry Lynn? You know, you and I have known each other roughly from what, 2001. And we have stayed in touch because we respected each other. And that's pretty cool. And that's what I'm looking for. You ask me where about my relationships with men in the future. I want a man who will respect me and clue me in. And when I have questions that even seem dumb, it's not because I'm dumb or I don't respect them. It's just that I like to know the nuance. And so have you been on any dates then? Or are you just... I've, I've gone out not as dates with, with a couple of my husband's 
high school friends. I've gone okay. and, and, and done things with them. One guy lived in Annapolis and still lives there. So if there was an interesting event in Annapolis, I'd invite him to go with me. What about you know, something like Bumble or Tinder? You haven't tried anything like that? Oh, no. I yeah. tried our time and okay. I found that so creepy. Bumble okay. and Tinder sounds like, hey, let's hook up. <laughs> I only know what I see on Hallmark romance movies. <laughs> yes, I'll meet the love of my life and end up moving into a shack in the middle of the woods for the simpler life. <laughs> because sometimes you need that type of nonsense and yes, um, background. Yes. But and it's not nonsense if it makes you happy. Um, yeah. You know, believe me, we all need a little bit of happiness. And what, what they're doing at Hallmark is interesting is that they're showing the parents, the widows and the widowers hooking up or falling in love. Or he was my husband's best friend and suddenly I'm going to go to your wedding with him. So anyway. What advice would you give your 30-year-old self? Oof. You're stronger than you think. You shouldn't be afraid to take the chances and speak up for yourself more. You shouldn't be afraid to travel more and ask for time off. And your loyalties are probably not deserved. Oh my goodness, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I know, well, it's been a while, but I'm glad you, you asked me about it because I've been thinking about it. You think about the people you've you dedicated a lot of energy supporting professionally. Yeah. And then you, you think about the people in your family whom you sacrificed time with while you were doing the other stuff. And people understand you gotta make it make a living, you gotta earn your salary, but they're not your family. Mm-hmm. They might not show up if you die. Yeah, that's right. Most likely they won't. They won't show up when you, if you need them. Yeah. You know, so be a little more selfish. It's yeah. okay. It's not going to, and, and you know, when they, you, they used to threaten you in school, your permanent record, this will go on your permanent record. Oh, no, yes. It won't. Uh, it won't. Nobody cares. Who's going to look it up? Who's going to actually maintain your permanent record actually <laughs> excellent advice get your priorities straight earlier in life and don't be fooled by misrepresentations <laughs> yeah absolutely and we're naive and we want to please and we we think that if we please people they they'll give us a raise but um, what are you doing to to keep yourself amused these days what are you doing for fun very little evidently i walk my dogs I read books. I actually am reading a, a good book that I got. It's called The Nazi Conspiracy. The Secret that Plot. Doesn't to sound kill. like light reading. <laughs> it's not, but I like histories and, and stuff. And okay. and it's not light reading. Light yeah. reading gets a little boring to me. Okay. This stuff is you know, he's a nice guy named Brad Meltzer. And I found out he was born in a different section of the wonderful. Borough, Kings County, New York, Brooklyn, where I was born and, and had my roots. He was born in and lived in Sheepshead Bay before he made a, his fortune writing books that eventually get into movies. And and me, I was born a little east of there. 
Mm-hmm. So it was nice to, to have that personal connection with this guy. What else do I do for fun? It You know, it's a hard one because I have been because of COVID doing less stuff like athletic stuff or being in, in restaurants. I, I hardly eat out anymore. I need more fun. I walk the dogs. I play with the dogs. I, I talk on the phone with my friends and I write stuff that's nobody reads this little amusements and I'm kind of low key. I think just traveling to see friends. I would encourage you to set yourself a new year's resolution to have more fun. Cause that's one of, one of the things that I did with this podcast, because I recognized that I wasn't having any fun. Like I, life was so boring because of the, the lockdown and increased isolation. And I wasn't getting to hang out with my girls and and I wanted to do all your girls. Creative. You've got beautiful grandkids. Man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful. I've seen in social media, man, they, they all have your spark, which is great. <laughs> Never thank lose you. that spark. Back to the fun thing. I was, yes. And I was determined that I had to get more fun in my life because I felt like like a little flower on the shelf that was never getting any water. And I'm having such a good time doing it. Well, I thank you for the New Year's resolution to have more fun. I think it's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think it's very possible. And I think instead of seeing, you know, the big thing is if I don't work, where does the money come from? And I might have enough to not work as hard as I have been for the past quarter century. So the money will come when I need it or the money is there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have enough, I think, that if I get old, and it's inevitable, I hope, and I have a 92 going to a 93-year-old dad. My mom lived until the ripe old age of 87. I can afford my longevity. And if I can't, somebody will help me, and I'll be okay. I just got to stop worrying so much. So I'll stop worrying so much and try to have more fun. Good for you. Thanks, Sarah. No, no, it's good for you because I, if we don't talk to each other about these things, I don't, we need each other to bolster each other, even if we're hundreds of miles away from one another. Yeah. Women need to do that for each other. And you need to, at this stage of our lives, redefine what fun is. <laughs> <laughs> like I had an epiphany because I was at the gym and I take a class, you know, one of these on the step classes. And I found myself thinking to myself as it was over, Hey, that was fun. And I thought just a sec, what exercise was fun. But now, now that it's fun in my mind, I actually look forward to going to that class instead of thinking, Oh God, I got to go to the gym. And I see it as an opportunity to have fun. So it actually, I never miss it. Right. Cause I want to, mm. I want to have fun. So you kind of, kind of open your mind to how you define fun. So you kind of touched upon your future there a little bit, but more specifically, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I don't. You can't see it? I can't, I can't see it. I I really can't see it. I know what I'd like to do. I'd like to learn how to be a speechwriter. I like being of public service. So maybe a government job for uh, a person with who, who I feel good in my soul about a, a good politician that I trust and like oh, yes. maybe I could do that 
I, and I can't help it because politics is where a lot of the important decisions happen from whether your street gets paid or they replace the light bulbs yes. and the, the mm -hmm. municipal lighting in your area. Right. So I think I like writing. Yes. And, you know, and I, I think I can, I've learned how to write in different people's voices over the years. It'd be nice to find a way to hone in on, on doing that because I think people who find it hard to write and just open up a, a blank page and scribble stuff down, whereas I, I have an easy time of it. I think that might be in my future. And if it's not- I think that's not, an achievable dream given where you live and the experience that you have and your you. natural gifts. I feel like you could do this. Mm. For sure. I think so. I just have to focus. And again, the problem with focusing on that is what well, you worry about where the next paycheck is gonna come from. And that, that's a problem when you're a freelancer, but I got to have more faith that when I need it, it'll come and it's okay. You know, I can, I can yeah. meet my obligations and we'll see what happens. But so what are you, what are you most hopeful about for the future? More free time <laughs> <laughs> and being able to enjoy it. That's what I'm yeah. hopeful for. I'm hopeful that my country gets its act together. Do you think it will? Uh, I enjoy talking politics. I do not enjoy the way the conversations have been going for the past four or five years. Yeah. And I, it has to get better. Yeah. And I don't think it's up to people. It's up to the, the next generations to make it better because, the, you know, the, the older generations sold out, bought into the fear and the extremism. And it's not healthy. It's really not healthy. Do you think that the male generation and Gen Z are going to be able to reverse? Not, maybe not the millennials, not Gen, Gen Y, not the millennials, maybe Gen Z, because Gen Z likes it when people are authentic. And Gen Z, they just want to have the truth. And they're also solution-oriented. They don't want to hear the same old BS. They want solutions. Yes. So it, there's a lot. There's a lot that, that I hope for. And we have no choice. It's got to go uphill from here. It's got to. And we're, I, I think people feel it's rock bottom. So what are you reading, watching, binging right now? I have envisioned Jack Ryan on Netflix because yeah. I like, you know, well, John Krasinski is kind of cute, uh-huh, you know, so uh, and and I and I actually like binging action and adventure. I've been binging quite a few things. I actually got a book about how to purchase a handgun and how to make sure you're trained right and you feel comfortable having them because I talked to a man who trains law enforcement officers and I said, I think I need to learn how to deal with handguns so I'm not afraid of them because it seems like everybody has a handgun or worse where I live these days. Are you gonna buy a handgun? I, not without training first. And then I am not going to even think about buying one without learning. I want to learn how to take them apart and put them back together again so that I'm not afraid to confront somebody who's got a gun 
and threatening me. Does that make sense? Yes. But as far as buying a gun, it, it's come to my attention that I might need to, but at least maybe I should get the training on how to, to use one without owning one so that it doesn't scare me as much. And that gives, you know, when you're scared, you lose your power. I don't want to do that anymore. That's, and it's, is this because I mean, you're, you're living on your own that you feel that it might be? It's because I'm hearing more gunfire in my neighborhood. It seems to be such a commonplace thing and in our society. You are, you are right that there are incidences in other parts of the world, but you guys have the crown. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Is there an app you couldn't live without? Mm, I, I have so many on my phones. Social media has become such a big part of my life these days. I know people who are saying Elon Musk sucks and what he's doing to Twitter, but still a lot of news sources post their press releases on Twitter first. Yes, that's right. And if I'm, and so I don't know, there's probably my mail apps and my Gmail that I, I just don't think I could live without. And is there an over 50 life hack that you'd like to share? No. <laughs> Best answer ever. Sorry, Cher. We, we just gabbed. The only life hack that I have is like, go keep moving forward. Keep moving forward because what choice do you have? Mm. You know, keep going. Who's going to stop you? Good for you. And that's it for episode 15. This has been 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. And thank you to my old friend, Rita Rich, the award-winning newscaster. I appreciate her generosity in sharing her very personal story and admire her frank honesty about her experiences of loneliness and fearfulness. And I share her hopefulness that our young people will change the world in ways that our generation has failed to. Thank you, Rita. See the show notes to find out where you can connect with her online. I've included links to her website and her socials, along with some of the other things that we discussed on the show. And please join me for my next episode, where I will be chatting with social media influencer Candace Sampson, who is the host of the What She Said talk radio program for women. Since her late 40s, she's been going through a War of the Roses level divorce. She shares with us what she's learned from the process and how, now that she's in her 50s, she's never been happier and more excited about life. That's next week. In the meantime, please drop me a rating or a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect and create a whole community of wise women over 50 by sharing a link to this show with your friends and connections. See you next time on 50 Women Over 50. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey.